0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we are talking about The Eternals. It's Marvel's, one of Marvel's last superhero films. Uh, It came out a couple of months ago, but it's out on Disney Plus now, so we finally got a chance to sit down and see it for ourselves, because we weren't going to theaters at the time. And now we're going to get ready to talk about it, but we are going into spoiler territory. So if you have not seen The Eternals, it it is on Disney Plus, so go and check it out there and then come back and see what we have to say about it. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. As we were talking about on our Twitch channel, we talked about how The Eternals, before we even saw it, it kind of had a, a bad rep. And even though we didn't watch reviews about it, it was hard to not notice the negative things, the negative air around the the movie itself. And even you had uh, had initially scheduled it to be on It Wasn't That Good before we, before we saw it be- based off of those Things that you were hearing so then we both sat down we watched the movie separately we haven't talked about it until today this is our first time actually have a conversation about it so neither one of us knew how the other felt and I can't help but notice that it's on an open discussion so <laughs> what happened um I I just really
1: enjoyed it I was in love with the characters can I just I just have to say um, I'm so happy that Gemma Chan was casted. Obviously, a little bias here, maybe, because I am, you know, an Asian female, and the main character, hero is an Asian female, and I am just, you know, I thought I felt super represented when I watched Shang-Chi, but, like, after watching Eternals, I'm like, this is even better than Shang-Chi, because... She's a regular person. It has nothing to do with, like, Asia or China, which had, like, a lot of, um, you know, dominance. Or, you know, there's a lot of that in Shang-Chi. But um, it wasn't, like, necessarily specifically Asian, but then it also kind of was. Here you just have, like, Chan, an Asian person, being a person in a movie, a character in a movie, and her... Ethnicity, her race has nothing to do with her character, as well as all the other characters in this movie. And except the, for maybe Kingo. Yes, except for well, I mean, I, I, I feel like that could have happened anywhere. So because they don't say Bollywood, they say Hollywood. So
0: fair enough. Okay.
1: But they, but because of who they casted, they. They splashed some culture in there, which I approve of, and I liked it. I thought it was awesome that they did that. Uh, But as I was saying, the diversity in this movie is just exploding through the roof. And then here we have Angelina Jolie, someone who does not need to be in a Marvel movie or the Marvel Universe at all. And here she is. Taking a backseat to all these other characters Because I mean from what I heard and from what I've read um, She just really supports the way uh, that the characters are um, representing um, Ethnicity so like this is exactly what we have been asking for for like the longest time is to have big names like Angelina Jolie be in movies with all these other cast members to give them a chance to be seen and known.
0: Yeah. It doesn't mean that Angelina Jolie doesn't have to do what she's good at, which is acting her butt off, because if you guys haven't seen this movie, my gosh, Thena, that character and what her story is and what Angelina brings to the moment... Where she just and like I'm just talking about quiet moments quiet moments of vulnerability of fear of you know, just being So afraid of what you could do to someone that you cared about Angelina just acts so well in this movie and just brings so much emotion to the character of Thena. so even though She is taking a backseat. She is not the lead she does not let that stop her from doing what she knows how to do best and that is acting her butt off i love her character and it's not just about her it's about the writing and one of the best parts about this movie that really took me by surprise was how much the character's abilities and their personal struggles were intertwined and that to me is how you make Interesting characters that have powers, and in many ways, this movie. So, for me, you know, we're talking about why Cheryl could be a little bit more biased. The reason why I could be more biased when approaching this movie is because to me, it's basically an X Men movie without the X Men. This is how I would want the X Men to be handled. When you think about the X Men, you think about people. Who are persecuted you think about things like that but you also think about people who have these really cool abilities that also act as a double-edged sword you have rogue who can take anyone's powers and their life force but that means she can't touch anybody you have cyclops who you know can shoot beans out of his eyes but he can never open his eyes without this visor or else he could blast people that he cares about away you have all these dynamics you have beast who's super smart and super intelligent but he doesn't look like he's human nightcrawler as well super cool but also doesn't look human And there's so much struggle where it's like you have these gifts that can allow you to do so many cool things, but it comes at a cost, and what does that cost to you personally? So for the characters where you have characters like Thena who is like the most powerful Eternal, but at the same time her memory is fractured and she can actually forget the people that she's close to and then use that power to hurt them. Or you have Druig, who doesn't want people to like fight each other and believes in peace at all costs and has the ability to control people, um, control their minds to make them do whatever he wants. But the struggle for him is should he actually do that, you know? Um, and you have Fastos, whose his ability is to like bring wondrous technology to like the world and everything else like that. But then people use that technology for war and killing. So all of these characters and that's just a few there's like 11 characters in this movie but and most of them most of them have this this kind of relationship between their powers what what they can do with their powers what they should do and how it affects their personal journey through the story and that's just something that I just absolutely love
1: mm-hmm and like you were saying this movie is a very character driven and I think that's probably um why I enjoyed it so much because when you think about the plot that's when that's where all of my problems are my problems all have to do with things surrounding the characters if you just mm. look at only the characters it's just everything about them is so fleshed out even though there's such a big cast um, like I feel like each and every single of uh, one of the characters are so fleshed out like I can remember all of them And, like, remember all their names, all their powers, their, like, history, their relationships with each other. And, like, it just, that made the movie for me. Um, And, like, I mean, there was that whole thing at the end where I was like, well, if Druig's okay, then why can't he just do what they originally planned? Because, like, yeah, he got hurt, but so did um, Cersei, because she got stabbed. Um, but, like, she still has to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So that didn't make sense to me, but I was like, well, whatever. I still really, like, I love the characters. So I feel like that almost, like, overrides the, um, the plot a little bit. Because, like, I guess at the end of the day, we care less about what happened and more about the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, because the people are who you remember, right? Not the plot of the story. Like, not what happens.
0: It depends. Like, if if a story is weak on character, but strong on concept, you remember the concept, but not the characters. Um, but, like, if the, you know, the characters are strong, even if you have a strong, if you have strong characters and, strong, and a strong concept, I think that you're right that the characters stand out more than the concept because characters are stronger um they're the ones that drive the concept home and i just like yeah like like what you just said um there's a lot of there's there's things i could identify as problems related to the overall plot but even just the fact that the characters outside of like i talked about like their their relationship with their powers but even their relationship with each other that's another thing that just stands out when you See Gilgamesh and him talking to Athena and them having their interaction and this relationship being about I am going to protect you no matter what and then like just how they interacted it's great when you see how Sprite and Cersei were interacting with each other as well like and you get a sense of like what Sprite's issues are just the the relationship between the characters feels like a family and down to like the end which I also think their personal choices is another strong part of the movie, where Kingo is a great character. I love Kingo. I was actually sad that he was not there in the last fight, but story-wise, it made sense, so I let it go. But the reason he's not there is because he agrees with the main villain of the movie, the main antagonist. He, he agrees with him. He's one of the good guys, but he agrees with the antagonist, right? It's another one that agrees with the antagonist. So now, even though we have all of these heroes, they disagree fundamentally with how they should proceed with the overall problem that's happening, that's taking place. And that felt very real. You get 11 people in a room, no one's going to feel the same, the same way about any given subject. So the fact that even someone like Kingo can agree with the main villain, the main antagonist, but not enough to fight against the people that he loves, but just decides to remove himself. Like that's not super interesting when it comes to making an action scene, but it's a super interesting character uh, character moment.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's kind of interesting how they all have their reservations, and you know, even though there's a there's a divide in in whether or not they agree on one thing to do or the other, they each have their own like specific feelings about it as well, like like you said, Kingo he agrees but he doesn't want to fight, and then um, uh Icarus wants to do everything in his power to make sure the job gets done, and then Sprite's doing it because she loves like she loves Icarus and she just wants to support him, and then you have like Druig who doesn't really want to really want to do it but he's gonna participate because you know he feels like yes it's the right thing to do but he doesn't feel as strongly about it um you know and and i think i don't even really know how like i think everyone else just kind of is going along with it um that they agree but like at least for those three kingo icarus and sprite like their their views on it or their motivations and actions are quite specific to the character it's not black and white and it's, it's such a good way to show, like, you can agree about something, but then have different reasons for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Icarus. Like, I wonder how, I, when I watch these other reviews later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how people, like, deal with Icarus. But I liked Icarus as a character. Like, there's nothing that Icarus did that did not feel like that's what that character would decide to do. Because even Icarus is not so much a villain as an antagonist because he's on the opposite side of where our heroes are. But even his reasoning, you understand. You may not agree with it, but you understand because he was actually told the truth way back in the beginning and then asked to keep it from the people that he cares about. And he kept that secret for thousands of years. And he even left because he couldn't bear to like lie to them anymore. So he carried that burden, which you could also argue that it was kind of selfish of what, what was her name? Ajax. I, she's the one person I keep forgetting. Um,
1: Ajax. Uh, yeah. So,
0: Ajax. But it was kind of selfish of her to like only tell him, but not try to share that burden with everybody so that he wouldn't have to feel like he was carrying so much on his own, which she recognized when right before she died, because she said that, you know, I did this to you. And it's absolutely true. he, he, he had, an impossible, he had an impossible secret that he had to keep from the people that he loved for so long. And all he could do was just focus on the mission. So he had to believe that that was true. And in all honesty, if someone told me a secret that was as big as that, and told me that this is what we need to do, and I spent thousands of years believing it, and now that same person comes to me and says, well, actually, I have a different idea. We can do something completely different. I'd be like, yo, screw you. <laughs> though <laughs> no, I, I, I bought into this. I believed you, and now you're telling me that there's another way. No, this is what we're gonna do.
1: Yeah, and there's also some loyalty um, that plays into it because he's loyal to Arsham, and yep. um, and then they also, you know, touched a little bit on you know, uh, the ideals of or like the idea of being a soldier and just only doing what you're told and not using your you know, your own mind to make decisions for you. Um and that's kind of the whole thing about Druig and why he was upset about like why he couldn't interfere and everything. Um but it's basically the exact same thing, like what he said. Like we are just like them. We're just soldiers following orders. And um it's but then it's also, you know, not that black and white because like yeah. like because supposedly it's part of the circle of life like the world being destroyed to give birth to a new um what do you call Multiple it Multiple new universe be
0: like ours yeah that would, that would have life
1: right so because the celestials that come out mm-hmm. of the, the that would have or the celestial which would have come out of earth would have been um the bringer of more life so it's kind of like you can't stop the circle of life basically so but i like the idea of you know um kind of trying to come out of the old way and trying to figure out a new way which is what cersei wants to do um, and so, like, they kind of left the movie on a, on a cliffhanger. So, and, you know, knowing Marvel, there's probably going to be more that comes to it. Um, especially they, when they end it with uh, Kit Harington's um, <laughs> hint at the, what is it, Black Knight whole thing yeah, going and, on.
0: And the voice you heard was Maharshala Ali, um, who is the actor that plays Blade. Oh, so that was Blade speaking to him.
1: Okay, I was wondering who that was gonna be. Okay, I'm so I'm kind of excited. I didn't like the way it ended because I was like, "Well, this is hardly a conclusion," but um, but like whatever. It's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> By right. the way, Game of Thrones much?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Cersei choosing between rob and um john and john snow and having john say i love you cersei it's great it's yeah uh, it's absolutely great um one thing i want to just go back to real quick you brought up um the circle of life with the eternals and everything else like that it's funny because um the whole thing about the circle of life is humans are usually okay with the circle of life until it becomes humans needing to die in order for the circle of life to continue but you're talking about regular animals or insects and everything else like that yeah all for it i'm i'm gonna eat this cow and that's great that's whoo hurry for me circle of life um but yeah the moment it's like hey your life is on the line and your life needs to end to make it so that more lives like yours can actually exist in the first place hold up 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 so but that's where, like you said, that's where the not, so, not being so black and white comes into play. Because, and that's where like those big questions come into play. And I, that's why I love the fact that a character that you can like, like Kingo, who has not been shown to be a bad person at all, can agree with the antagonist. And that exists to kind of get you to say, well, if this character feels this way, maybe there is something to it. But if you just get everyone that is like, quote unquote evil to feel the, the same way about like the thing, then you could easily just be like, oh, well, that's just the evil choice. But if you get good people to feel that way, that's how you make it more complicated. And that's another reason that adds, like, depth to this movie. Um, it's all in like, and, once it, and this is also around the character interactions. I like, we keep talking about character more so than plot. This is about the characters and how they interact to the quote unquote, the, the plot that's around. And that's more interesting than necessarily the plot itself.
1: Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, just touching on that, um a good person making or, you know, siding with the antagonist, but even the antagonist, Icarus, at the end apologizes and then Mm. um, flies into the sun.
0: (sighs) Which is is my first issue with the movie, by the way.
1: (laughs) That he flies into the sun? I mean, I like that he apologized, but I I don't know about the whole flying into the sun thing, but, like, it did feel a little bit like there there was nothing left for his character to do besides die because he had already made like the biggest mistake of his life by you know going against Cersei and like essentially losing the love of his life like he just had nothing left to live for because he failed his mission and he lost his love
0: yeah i think that can work i think for me personally i i think the reason i didn't like it personally was because I felt like apologizing to Cersei wasn't enough I was like you didn't just fight Cersei you fought your entire team and so I almost felt like at least making that character face them would have been important to apologize to them and if, and if he was able to face them then he wouldn't you know kill himself because that was one of those things that just happened in the moment so like so in that sense it can make sense but I just thought that it was not as interesting as forcing him to contend with what he really did and forcing him to face down his teammates who he essentially tried to kill um, that just is more interesting for me personally so that's something that I that I find myself more drawn to story-wise and character wise but and then I, get, and, I get, and I think also just like him just flying into the sun to kill himself just felt like such a, a cop out to me. So dramatic. And not it is. But that's what it felt. Yeah.
1: Listen, the movie was two hours and forty minutes. I I I'm okay with it. <laughs> Which,
0: I like once again. I always thought these movies like why is this movie so long? <laughs> but when you see the movie, it makes sense. It has a lot of characters to juggle. It has a lot of um, elements to juggle, and. I remember when I first watched it, um, when I saw them kill Ajak off screen, I got really upset, because I was just like, why why would they do that? That's Selma Hayek. Well, you could've got anyone to play this role if you're just gonna kill her off screen. And then when you realize that it's the, the mystery of figuring out what happened to her, then I feel like, okay, now, that I, I get it now. Um, but I wanna get really quick into two other things that I necessarily did not like about the movie that much, or I thought maybe were weaker. Um, I didn't like them killing Gilgamesh. I, I understand that killing at least one of the Eternals is um, a good way of like raising the stakes, as, as opposed to if nobody died. So, fine. I, I get that story-wise. I didn't necessarily like his character to be the one that died. And the... Um, oh my gosh I forgot what these things were called I remember everyone's names but I forgot the, the dark creature thing the
1: deviants
0: the deviants um, having that one uber deviant that could like steal the powers and stuff like that like if you want to talk about feeling like there's too much going on that felt a little bit like too much going on down to that character being dealt with was dealt with simply by putting him into a cave alone with Thena giving Thena a chance of revenge and then he's just gone so, I think, that, for me, that was another weak element of the movie.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like the whole thing about them being able to absorb the powers of the Eternals was something they, they really didn't need to do. Um, mm-hmm. It just seemed like an, an extra thing that added nothing. Because um, the story would have been just fine if they just had regular deviants come back and it made sense like you know they were frozen and, and now they're defrosted because of global warming Duh. that's <laughs> the plot of what that was that tomorrow war so right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah sure that makes sense um, that's that's totally fine but because they made it turn into like an evolved sentient being who wanted revenge kind of made me think like well why doesn't he take a side then because cuz like he's about to be destroyed like right. he should he, he should take their side and help them again he should help them icarus because he would end up dying like they would all end up dying if that's like his whole thing is like
0: oh you killed us all plus My he kind. was talking about how he had the memories of ajax and then he also presumably would have had the memories of gilgamesh so the whole thing about it is just that the deviants aren't that different from Eternals. Like they even they even pose that question in the movie. They say, what's the difference between an eternal and a conscious deviant? And they're like, nothing, we're the same. So once again, like a wasted moment to me where if you're going to have it in the movie, then they need, like, I, I know the movie already is long and the movie already has like a lot of things to juggle, which is why it's like, we're saying you could just take it out, but if you're going to have it in there, realistically these characters would have a conversation they would at least have one conversation that does not involve them fighting each other especially when they're incentivized to help each other because neither like if the world ends they die and he's and what has this de't been fighting for the entire time the right to live so he's incentivized to want to stop um, Icarus so yeah like I I was disap- that's one element I was disappointed in
1: I feel like all of that, like, everything you just mentioned was there just to give Thena mm-hmm. the opportunity to have this epic showdown with um, someone that's not Icarus. Even though she had a showdown with Icarus that she was not meant to win. Right. Like, she shouldn't have won a battle against Icarus. Um, mm-hmm. But that was, like, the only way that they could give that to her character. Um, which, you know, I... I would still say that it would have worked if they killed Gill with a regular deviant, and then she hmm. had to fight fight the deviant. Or they could have made it like an alpha deviant where it was just like bigger and stronger than the other ones. But right. like the whole giving it um sentience is like, or not sentience. I don't think that's the right word. But the ability awareness. To, to yeah it's the awareness. Kind of but yeah. Um, but like that whole thing just made it like not make sense because then you're like it doesn't make sense the decisions it's making then because
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: it just doesn't make sense now
0: right no i i agree so but yeah um the other thing that i want to mention because there's a lot that we can talk about we haven't even talked about like we haven't talked about a couple of things but um one of the things that was uh, mentioned to me by other people and i want to bring up here was makari and how Makari was handled on screen, like, um, I think Makari was really cool as far as showing how like, the I think the reason people liked her a lot was because well one, um, she's deaf, and so you know so she doesn't actually talk in the movie. They sign to each other and everything else like that. But also they don't use uh they don't use slow um, slow motion for depicting her speed. They let her speed just kind of rock. Which is really cool. And when I thought about it, I said, okay, in Age of Ultron, they did something similar with Quicksilver. They let Quicksilver Speed just rock, but they did use more slowdown with Quicksilver than they did um, than, than not using it at all, which was the case with Makari. So I liked the fact that they did that. I do actually feel that Makari is one of the least developed characters, though, out of the group.
1: Yes, I agree completely with everything that you just said, Um, and I definitely noted that too, that I, once again, um, I'm a huge fan that they had um, sign language in a movie uh, by someone who um, is, I I believe she's actually deaf, like the actress is deaf, so um, that's awesome because there's more representation there, like there are Mm -hmm. people out there who sign, so yes, um and i but i do agree i feel like she didn't have enough screen time like she kind of came in last and they uh she she was just on the on the domo hanging Mm -hmm. out for the longest time um and i feel like they kind of cheated her by you know not giving her as much screen time um I I guess maybe because it was maybe it was a little bit more challenging because mm-hmm. she had to sign everything, but um, but I feel like they gave her a lot less to do, um, yeah. even though she's basically the
0: Flash. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's probably because in anything, like I think the world is starting to really understand how powerful super speed actually is. And if you want to have a challenge, you can't have a character that has super speed because there's very few things a speedster could not solve by themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's that. but yeah <laughs> a- Apparently, but... Um, Icarus's laser eyes can't kill anybody because it didn't kill her and it didn't kill um, Druig and it what else Didn't it, it didn't kill the uh, the deviant either
0: so good Assuming job Icarus like they're all kind of like beefier beings I feel <laughs> like if he did that to a human that the human would have just died but I feel like because he was fighting other basically I just assumed that everybody was basically Superman but they just had different powers within Superman's set but they're all like really durable so they can get thrown through a mountain even if their power is mind control and they can live because their bodies as Eternals are durable bodies and the deviants would be the same like a regular although did a deviant get shot with a gun in that mo- in that movie? I can't remember.
1: They did. Yeah, there was a part where um Ajax shot one and then they were in the Amazon and they were
0: all shooting at and them. And Drew had some people shoot him. So that seems a little surprising that a bullet could could kill a could kill a deviant, but uh Icarus's eye lasers can't i don't know
1: the strongest of them
0: (laughs) but yeah um at the end like i just i liked i liked all the characters i liked um i liked what they did with them i liked the challenging the challenges that they had um the i i wish and i i guess this will be like kind of one of the last things like we got a couple of minutes left here but like the characters that I felt like could have done with a little bit more were actually so it was Makari, it was Gilgamesh, and I actually kind of feel like they could have done more with with Cersei as a character, as far as her personal like struggle, because a lot of what I got from her just seemed I don't know it it didn't she didn't seem as dynamic in her relationship with her powers as the other characters did.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, like I I feel like. It's awesome that she, you know, was basically the main character and everything. But you're right. I feel like she has the least amount of layers, um, yeah. even uh, even um, in comparison to Makari, because she just is a little bit one-dimensional. She just wants to do the right thing, the yeah, best just, thing. Yeah,
0: she's good because being good is the thing for a main hero to be. There's
1: no gray area, really. <laughs> For her she's just a hundred percent good kind person she's perfect right. she's too perfect
0: right yeah she has no exactly. arc she has no <laughs> arc <laughs> no arc <laughs> yeah you're right no arc Um. so I yeah so I feel like you like I like the fact I love Gemma Chan I love seeing I first saw her in humans I loved her in that show and it was great seeing her here you know she's one of the ironically One of two Asian actors that got recast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, her and Michelle Yeoh, because Michelle Yeoh was originally a Ravager in the after credit sequence in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and then Michelle Yeoh got recast in Shang-Chi, and Gemma Chan was in um, Captain Marvel as one of the alien women that was chasing after Captain Marvel, and then got recast, so I'm happy that they did it. I'm happy that she's the lead, I, it, as it, as these characters continue, I would like to see more depth um, associated with this character to make her stand out a little bit more. Definitely. So that is about time, but is there anything else you wanted to just really quickly get out for this particular segment?
1: I do, I do, I do. I want okay. to mention the really funny... DC references in this Marvel movie.
0: <laughs> right? Yes. DC confirmed to exist as a comic book company within the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yeah. Like they talk about Alfred um, being uh, the valet uh, and then um, the Kingo in comparison to Kingo's valet. Yeah. And then they also mention that Icarus is, is like Superman.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I'm just like, that felt a little on the nose because it's like, yes, but guys, come on. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It was like, cause I, I like after that, I was like, what's with all these DC references in a Marvel movie? And then and then we were watching uh, Peacemaker uh, this week as well. So and they also make references to other DC characters. So I was like, wait, where, what, which universe am I in again? <laughs>
0: Too many comic book shows (laughs) shows (laughs) No, absolutely that was great, but yeah, what did you guys think about Eternals? We you know, we are not like the vast majority It seems we loved the movie Um, We we can admit that the movie has faults, but at the end of the day They're not enough to keep us from enjoying it. So how did you guys feel about it? Do you feel the same as us? Did you hate the movie if so? Why did you hate it? Did you think it was great? Like, is it in your top 10 Marvel movies or top five? For me, absolutely is. Because I I really just love this movie and Cheryl feels the same. But if you want to hear us talk more about this movie, make sure you check us out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash c3films. Let us know what you think. And whatever you thought about the movie, comment below, let us know. And we're down there. We you give you a like, share, subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris. And this has been
1: Cheryl. And we'll see you all next time.